0: I have a special announcement for you today. Slate is having a holiday sale. For a limited time, we're offering our annual Slate Plus membership at $25 off for your first year. It's a great deal. Think of it like this. You pay $10 or $15 per month for your music and streaming subscriptions. With Slate Plus for less than $4 per month, you can get member-exclusive episodes and segments from us and other shows like Slow Burn, Amicus, Political Gab Fest. You get no ads on any of our podcasts, and unlimited reading on the Slate site. And best of all, you'll be supporting our show and Slate's journalism. Sign up for Slate Plus at slate.com slash momanddadplus. Again, we're giving you $25 off for your first year as a member through December 29th. So sign up now at slate.com slash momanddadplus. Just to give you a heads up, one of us is bound to say something not suitable for little ears. Welcome to Mom and Daughter Fighting Slate's Parenting Podcast for Thursday, December 23rd, the Stay in Your Candy Cane Lane Edition. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, who's nine, Oliver, who's seven, and Teddy, who's five. And we live in Colorado Springs, Colorado.
2: I'm Zach Rosen. I host The Best Advice Show. And I am a dad to Noah, who's four, and Ami, who's one. I live in Detroit.
1: I'm Jamila Lemieux. I'm a writer, contributor to Slate's Parent Feeding Parenting column, of course, and mom to Naima, who is eight and a half, and we live in Los Angeles.
0: On today's show, we address a listener whose mother-in-law keeps stealing all the mom moments, both big and small. Can our listener address the issue and still maintain a good relationship? Then we'll share the best parenting advice we've ever received. On Slate Plus, we're sharing our holiday hot takes, From Christmas cards to Santa, you'll hear what we really think about the holiday season. But first, it's time for our final triumphs and fails of the year. Jamila, do you have a triumph or fail this week?
1: I've got one last fail. Hmm. So uh, my mom is visiting, which is great. She's here uh, until a couple days after Christmas. And last night I had a date and I don't usually go out when Naima's, in my house. I usually go out when she's at her dad's house, but for my reasons, I, I I had to go out last night. And so I had on a choker and I was getting ready to leave. She's on the couch with my mom and I'm like, okay, you know, girls have a good night giving kisses. And she's like, are you wearing a collar?
3: <laughs>
1: I said, no. She says, it looks like a collar. And I said, it's a necklace. And she was like, but it looks like a collar. And I said, well, maybe it was a collar and I guess I don't know and she's like do you want it to look like you have on a collar and I was like well that's not what I was thinking I just I just liked the necklace and then she said is that supposed to be sexy or something oh no oh no oh no and in that moment I just died
2: what did you say as I
1: often do I I just said apparently not you took it <laughs> off like Oh, you Whatever. did take it off. I had put it back on in the hallway, but okay, like okay. <laughs> obviously she did not approve, so I wanted her to believe that I didn't wear it because she was so bothered by my
0: collar necklace. You know, I feel that very soon <laughs> there will be a time when you get to do this to her. So just file <laughs> <laughs> it away to not feel guilty when that happens. <laughs> the
1: tides will turn
0: you can be like you gave me the blueprint for this
1: <laughs> she's really good at belittling my looks she likes a lot of the stuff i wear but when she doesn't it is so like she cannot help herself it's like whoa whoa what are we doing here guys you're a reflection of me <laughs>
2: <laughs> Oh my gosh! and like quick recap how was the date
1: i had a very nice time
2: okay
0: <laughs> um <laughs> we'll leave it at that zach we'll how about in. you are you ending the year with a triumph or a fail
2: both it's gonna be a, a twofer as you know we were in quarantine because my one-year-old had covid and he was actually out of daycare since december 3rd up until today it was wow. a, a long ass time and that is so long it was so long and my daughter was out once he got his positive test. So she was out starting on the 10th. And now it's the week of the 20th. So she's on school break for the next one, two, three weeks. And today my son went back to school. So I was excited to have, you know, a little less to worry about at home. Less to, you know, it's a, he's a one-year-old. So he's, he's crawling. He's kind of standing. But you, you have to watch him. Like every, you can't, like, se- every let second, like every single on his own. yeah, yeah. He can't
0: be like, sit here and play while I do something. I'll be e- right back.:
2: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I was looking forward to telling my daughter, sit here and play while I do something for the next couple yeah. of weeks, having a little bit of a breather, So we drop him off at school today. My wife is back at work today, and then we get a call oh, no. from oh, no. Oh, no. fucking daycare. Oh no. that um, <sighs> the health department thinks that they should close down. For the for the rest of the year. There was a parent has a has a positive case. You know, Omicron's about to take over, so I totally get it. But at the same time, it's like oh so he's gonna have today at daycare and then (laughs) then he's back at home (laughs) uh, until January fourth.
0: Make make the most of today. May this be your most productive day your most productive
1: ever. Day.
2: I mean, but my daughter is with me. She's watching TV right now. Um, so it's a failure of COVID. It's a, it's a, it's a systems failure. Uh, and I just feel bad that I feel bad. Like, I feel bad that I'm pissed that I have to spend more time with my kids. Because I love them. And it's actually been kind of nice. But it's too much. Because we can't go anywhere. You know, we're not seeing family right now. Because my daughter is still in quarantine since her brother had COVID. And it's like, if we could go and see family and friends and even go to the grocery store, like, okay, cool. We'd go to the library, we'd go to the bookstore, but like, we just can't go anywhere. And I'm just feeling so depressed.
0: You're, I think you're totally justified in these feelings. I don't know. I get a lot, since I homeschool and I have the kids home a lot, people are always like, I don't know how you do this or I feel bad that I don't want to do this. It's like, no, I, we have set up our life to have the kids home. So like the house is set up for that. Mm -hmm. Our life, our schedules are set up for that. Like the way we interact, uh, when your life is set up to have your kids somewhere else and then they're home (laughs) for an extended period that it's, it's a total disruption. And I, I feel like part of dealing with the COVID situation Is being able to be both like, I want to be responsible and I'm happy to do the right thing. But I'm also really pissed that I have to do the right thing. Like, I feel like that's the place where we've been living for a while. But it's it's okay to be there, you know. It's okay to not be happy that you're doing the right thing.
1: Yeah, like, if we lived in some, like, great country that gave us a bunch of, like, paid time off. And, like, just created the circumstances for us to, like, constantly be with our kids. We'd be used to it, you know. Like, we have to make a living and keep households and, like attend to all these other responsibilities and like not drop the ball on anything and do it with our kids present. Like we're just not supposed to live this way. And I get it. It does feel bad to be like, I wish I had less time with my child because it feels like that's what you're saying, but that's not what you're saying. You're like, I wish I had quality time with my kid. I wish I could take my kid to the bookstore and the library, you know? Um, But nobody should be expected to delight. And you know, this It's just, it's, it sucks when it's you and you don't, want to feel like you're not enthusiastic about having more time with your children because we all wanted more time with our children but we've all spent entirely too much goddamn time with our kids
0: (laughs) well yeah not like this like you said not this is not the kind of time (laughs) we wanted with our kids
2: yeah yeah
0: oh my gosh
2: thanks i mean i appreciate you all
0: i am taking a triumph to end my year on mere survival So um, Henry had his tonsil surgery last week, and the surgery itself went really well. I just was really like, I had a lot of anxiety, and then because we have two other kids to manage, and I'm very lucky to have you know an amazing family friend who we homeschool with here who helped out a ton, but it still was like Jeff and I having to manage everyone while you're taking your kid to surgery, and of course, Henry, who we had been preparing for this got there and the minute they offered him the hospital bracelet lost his mind, like hit under the bench, wouldn't put the bracelet on kind of those same things we've seen before, which of course, because he couldn't take his medicine the day before. So I knew it was going to be a problem. Then of course, like everywhere else surgeries are of course delayed. So he hadn't eaten and the surgery ended up being Mm -hmm. two hours later and they can't give you the set of it. You know, it was like um, we had talked about the potential that he would not want to do this, even though we had talked about it, he know it's the right thing that like once we got to the hospital and the answer was always like, that's okay, we have this sedative that we can give that will really just help Mm -hmm. us get, you know, the ball rolling. Well, of course, they have to give that X amount of time in front of the surgery. So my child is like refusing to put on any of the gowns and um, an angel of a nurse, Greg, at Children's Hospital in Colorado Springs, walked into the room with the kindest voice the calmest voice literally told me i was a good parent told hen just like validated henry he made every arrangement you know you don't have to put the scrub pants on you can leave your own pants on can you just you know sit in the bed and here's this movie i want to watch oh do you want to challenge me to fruit ninja i mean just this saint of a man and then went and got himself transferred. He was not our nurse when he walked into the room. He just heard me having a hard time and he got himself transferred to be our nurse. And it just felt like from the moment he walked in the room, everything calmed down. So I'm so thankful to Mm. him. And then the child life specialist we had was Lucy. And she just then like whisked in and he was so panicked about what the next room would look like she came in with an ipad that had like a 3d view of the operating room and sat with him and explained everything and you could just see him you know calming down still still anxious not great about this but when they finally came in to give the medicine he was like yes i'm ready for this i i just am so thankful for just sort of all the help we had the day that the day of the surgery and he's home resting. We've had a couple of rough nights, which is to be expected, but otherwise he's doing very well. And Jeff's been great at taking the kids. He took them to their first, um, ski lessons over the weekend and the little ones, uh, which is great because he doesn't always take them. I think more often I, he doesn't go on big trips with the little ones cause they tend to be more like wanting me to be there. And so it's been so nice. He has them ice fishing right now. <laughs> so wow! It's, it's like a really nice, they're doing, a bunch of stuff with dad and just seeing them spend more time doing the things like that he likes to do but they also enjoy doing has been really great so i'm just taking it as a win that we're like surviving this season and my parents and my sister are arriving um this evening so we'll have you know reinforcements to kind of help with all the kids so that'll be great so nice. big win here
2: triumph triumph
0: <laughs> yeah big triumph.
4: win.
0: Well, with our triumphs and fails behind us, let's take on someone else's problem with our first listener question. Dear Mom and Dad are fighting. I have a lovely mother-in-law, and I have a great relationship with her. She loves my children ages four and five, and they love her. However, sometimes it feels like in an effort to be an engaged grandmother, she takes many of the Hallmark Mom moments, and it becomes more evident around the holidays." There are countless small examples, such as buying the Easter dress, changing them into different outfits at key family gatherings, or bringing her own hair supplies for my daughter. There are more extreme and hurtful examples, like dressing my daughter in a christening gown to do an at-home baptism, giving them a toy right before trick-or-treating so they no longer want to go with mom and dad, and baking Santa's Christmas cookies without me. This week, she took them to go see Santa first, and it was irritating. I would have loved to see their faces. I invite her to all the special things for the kids and love to include her. I don't mind sharing moments, but feel like she's squeezing me out and overstepping. The recurring behavior is starting to weigh heavy, and it's becoming a thing. She already had kids, and I can't help but feel resentful from time to time. To be fair, sometimes she will tell me her plan, and I am not as direct as I could be because it's an in-law situation. However, often I do not know of the plan or outfit until after the fact. I've addressed it with my husband, but he will not discuss it with his mother. He thinks it's sweet that she loves them so much. How can I tactfully address this? How would you approach your mother-in-law? Am I sending mixed messages? Am I being petty and I should just let it go? Thanks for your insight. Sincerely, A Mom Who Wants Grandma to Stay in Her Own Candy Cane Lane.
1: I don't know what sort of conversations you've had with your mother-in-law prior to this, but you all are overdue for a pretty serious one. Mm -hmm. Um, For whatever reason, it seems like this woman feels a need to kind of like cheat her way into a place in your child's life like not cheat her way in but like the offering up the toy before trick-or-treating so the kid will want to stay in it sounds insecure to me you know like it doesn't sound like she's just simply excited to do these things and maybe with some of them it could be that you know like oh i just haven't been able to buy a baby a sailor dress in so many years i was just excited to do it you know but like on some level she's going out of her way maybe to make sure that the kids love and value her you know like maybe she doesn't feel and perhaps it's the amount of time that she spends with them throughout the year versus you know getting uh, a significant amount of time during the holidays but like on some level maybe she feels some of it can be a little bit of jealousy but I think the bigger thing is that like her wanting to be bonded to your children in a meaningful way but she's completely overstepping her bounds but there's no way of her knowing that unless you tell her you know I mean there are plenty of moms who think of going to sit on Santa's lap or picking out dresses for you know certain occasions as being mom stuff but there are other mothers that would gladly hand those things off to a mother-in-law or someone else who is enthusiastic about it and so I think, You know, these perhaps were things that were always important and special to her, but that's not necessarily every mom's story. And so she may feel that she's doing something that, you know, you wouldn't be bothered by, that you'd be happy to, you know, share with her. And that's not the case. So, like, let her know that you're, you know, over the moon, that she's enthusiastic about showing the kids how much she loves them and being present for the holidays and for these special occasions. But, you know, when it comes to certain things and when there's an example, you know, Like, I hold this conversation for the next example as opposed to getting, you know, saying now that I've got this, you know, I'm just waiting for you to do it because I know you're going to do it, you know. But unfortunately, it would be a lot easier for you if you wait until she shows up with matching Christmas pajamas without, you know... I mean, that's not the worst thing in the world, but like in a plan to do a holiday picture or something that, you know, otherwise would have been orchestrated by you, then you point it out. And it sounds like she's likely to give you an example in the next few days if she hasn't already this week. Mm -hmm. Um, But you got to say it directly.
2: Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And further, this husband, I got a, a little bone to pick with you. It's your mom, dude. And you can be totally loving and appreciative, as um, just as your wife, you know, can be for this conversation. However, this is something that is causing your partner some heartache, some stress. This is where you should step in. And uh, you don't need to like choose a side here, but your wife is struggling with this. Your mom is doing something that can be construed as overstepping. And you can say something, and you should say something, because by not saying something, you're kind of choosing your mom over your wife, even if you're not doing that explicitly. And that shouldn't be the case. I don't think it's about choosing sides here. I think it's just about clear, loving communication. And now is the time, husband, character, (laughs) say something. And you don't have to uh, be, be cruel about it at all. It's good practice for everyone. It's really good communication practice for everyone. It's great. It's great practice in articulating boundaries. And um, I think you could all become a, a better, more co- more cohesive unit after having kind of gone through this pretty minor struggle relatively because it's a struggle over like everyone is in love with these kids. So that's great. It's a great place to start from.
0: I am struck by sort of there are like these minor, what I would consider minor things buying the dresses doing those sort of things but then there's like this baptism thing <laughs> that i feel like how how does your husband not say something about that like that is a clear overstepping, <laughs> right like that's pretty huge yeah. like yeah just like ambush baptism ambush baptism without you present? Like <laughs> that's not okay. Um so I think things like that are the reason why you need to have conversations about these these little things. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I was thinking is can you figure out which things you want to do and which things you don't care? You can see some of that control by just being really clear about your plans. So I think if you said to her, we have these Easter, let's say you're going to Easter brunch. I don't I don't know it sounds like, you know, an Easter dress for whatever situation. I think you could say to her, email, phone, text, whatever you do, I'm going shopping for, you know, daughter's uh, Easter dress. Would you like to join me? If you do not care, I think it's okay to send a message and say, are you picking out something for so-and-so's Easter this year? Or is that something I should do? You know, or I love it when you do this. Because to me, it seems like from your letter— the issue isn't necessarily that she's doing it. It's that she doesn't tell mm-hmm. you she's doing it. And so I think what you can do is open those lines of communication. And when it's important to you, tell her it's important to you. Hey, I'm I'm doing this or I found this thing and I really want her to wear it for this occasion. I think there's just opportunities for you to use this goodwill to your advantage, like asking her to do these kind of things or come with you or whatever that looks like for you. To invite her into the process, as opposed to making it feel like, well, she's doing this to usurp me, because I, I think we all agree she's so excited to, you know, love on your child, and that's amazing. Um, so, if there's any way that you can control <laughs> how that happens, I, I think it's great. And I, then I think you have to follow. Um, Jamila's advice that when it happens that you can say to her in a very loving way, you know, I thought we had discussed that I was going to to get this and it hurts my feelings because she and it sounds like maybe even your husband don't know how much it's hurting you. No, you know, I don't know what this conversation looks like with your husband. I I absolutely agree with Zach that when dealing with in-laws, it should really fall to the person whose parents they are to have those hard conversations just because you have that you know, built in extra love that you can say some things um, that if you say as the, the person, you know, that's not connected to them by, <laughs> by you know, other than marriage or partnership or whatever, um, having those ties is really helpful when you when you're able to say, I know you're doing this out of love, but you're really upsetting, you know, my wife. But I also think that you can tell her, hey, it really I know that you meant well. And I'm so thankful that you're blessing my child with these things but it really hurts me because I wanted to pick it out or I wanted to be invited she might not even know she might think like Jamila said I'm taking them to Santa and it's no big deal like one less thing for you to take Mm -hmm. care of or we're going to bake cookies and bring them to your mom so I think just opening those lines of dialogue I feel like we get versions of this question so often like the boundaries with your with (laughs) in-laws and I you know It's tough, but I think the sooner you can set those boundaries and try to have open communication, even if you don't have open communication about other things other than the grandchildren, it's, it's, this is such a good opportunity to have that because it's you saying, I really appreciate, you know, this, would you want to do this again for Easter? Do you want to be in charge of the Christmas dress? Is that something you'd like to do? Uh, Or just saying, you know, like if you find in the future, if you find something, could you just let me know so that I don't spend my time? Looking to, I feel like that's really a, approachable and doesn't hurt anybody's feel. It's not, you know, I can't believe you did this, but just the acknowledgement that I was also spending time looking for this dress and you had found it and I didn't know, so that was you yeah. know my time wasted that we could have been doing something else. But I, I think the big thing is you got to communicate with your husband and you got to communicate with your mother-in-law. And as much as I don't think you should drag up the things from the past, I think there has to be some kind of conversation about this, this baptism, the
1: baptism, <laughs> the baptism might need to be dragged back up. For
0: Even if just with your husband, you know, that just seems like something the parents should be making a decision about.
2: Agreed. Agreed.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty big one.
0: Any grandparents listening? No, no surprise baptism. <laughs> Never <laughs> yes. a good idea.
2: <laughs> Note to grandparents. keep these kids out of the bath the religious bath
0: (laughs) there's just there's no situation in which you look back and everyone's like well thank goodness you did that
1: (laughs) so glad you went and got that baptism
3: done
0: (laughs) yeah well, letter writer, we hope we've given you some ways to keep grandma in her own candy cane lane. We'd love to know how the talk goes or doesn't go with both your, your husband and your mother-in-law. Um, please, please, please keep us posted. We always love to know how things turn out. Everyone else, if you have a parenting question and don't know who to ask, it's us. Ask us. Email us at com. There's no question too big or too small.
5: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
4: Just go to ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy com slash easy Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of IC terms and conditions apply.
0: Well, 2021 is drawing to a close and all of social media is having us look back at our year in review. So we thought we would take a look back and share with you the best parenting advice we've ever received. Zach, since you host an advice podcast, I thought you might want to start us off.
2: Sure. So I was talking about this with my wife Shira the other day and the piece of advice that she invokes all the time and that I um, do as well is this notion of choosing your battles because especially with, you know, our four-year-old who's super spirited, um, we can battle with her a lot if we want to, because she has her own idea of how she wants to do things. But by doing that, we are, you know, uh, first of all just spending a lot more time than we need to on stuff that in the long run or even in the short run doesn't really matter and so for example a battle that like i could have with her a lot is like she doesn't like when her pants are wiggly what does that mean well it means she doesn't like when there's like too much slack in her pants she likes them like tighter like leggings and we've bought her a bunch of pants hoping that like she would get comfortable in some of them but like so often she's like i don't want to wear these pants they're just too wiggly and it's this kind of sensory thing and like if i i could be like no i bought you these pants you're wearing these pants like who cares if they're wiggly or not but it's like fine okay put on the pants that you wore yesterday the non-wiggly pants you can make that decision for yourself it doesn't really matter that much if you're not wearing 80 percent of your pants like fine um so so we choose our battles I feel like that's one that, you know, I mean, you both have been parents to, to toddlers. It's like, they don't just go with the flow often. They don't just like listen and do what you want them to do. So like, do whatever you can to keep some, some semblance of peace in the house. Um, and then when there's something that's like really fundamental, like if my daughter is not sharing with her brother, that's when I'm going to put my foot down you know yeah. for for stuff mm-hmm. that's really like principal foundational stuff sharing is important but like wiggly pants fine do your own thing i'm not going to get involved
0: this is probably really applicable for all ages <laughs> of parenting i think of it like in terms of of um choosing my nose like i only want to have to say no so many times so thinking <sighs> you know because no's are battles mm-hmm. right so how ha- like you said choose those battles yeah um but even as your kids get older, I think just thinking, does this really matter to their character, to like the way our day is going to run, right? If the answer to that is no, walk away. Yeah. yeah.
2: And just, just to put put a, a fine point on it, my sister actually gave me this advice for my show and it, it applied to um, relationships like with your partners, or but it can be, I think, with relationships with whomever. Think about the conflict you're having and if and, and if it's going to bother you 24 hours from now, then like have at it, like have this conversation because it's important. Mm. But if you're not going to care the next day, then forget about it. I think it's a really nice, like, mm. you know, precise rubric or filter by which to like pass through, you know, should I, should I get into a conflict with this or should I just let it go? And oftentimes you're not going to care about it the next day. Just let it go.
0: I, I like that because I... I like to have a benchmark like it's like that's very helpful because I like to think of like how do you know which battle that's a great you know which battle because if you're still going to be thinking about it tomorrow Mm -hmm. then go for it but I mean who's going to be thinking about the pants
2: (laughs) (laughs) however wiggly they might be
0: exactly Jamila what about you what's the best advice you've ever received
1: I would have to say that picking your battles is very high on the list uh, for sure. That's a big cheat code that has saved my parenting and my mind in so many instances with my my daughter, just asking myself, does this really matter in the grand scheme of things? But um, what I had intended to answer, uh, and it's something that my mother checks in with me about, you know, for those of us that have really verbose, you know, intelligent kids, sometimes sometimes. It's easy to forget that, like, just because they sound like they know what they're talking about doesn't mean that they actually know what they're talking about. And, like, you know, I can imagine this could go for a middle school or even a teenager. You know, there's times where, like, the words that are coming out of your child's mouth are pure mimicry. You know, like, they may have the right intonations. They may be using the words correctly, but that doesn't mean that they know what they're saying, what it means, what the ramifications of those words are, you know, um... And I have to check in with myself because sometimes my daughter is delivering information to me and she's talking as if she gets it and she understands and she's so sophisticated. And I'm like, this is a baby who is overwhelmed, you know, who doesn't quite know what she's feeling, you know, who is attempting to, um, to say something that she doesn't quite understand. Like kids oftentimes say things that they do not mean, do not understand, uh, do not quite comprehend and i think you have to do a lot of checking in for that because it's super easy to take them at their word
0: I yeah that's that. a great one it is so easy to forget that they're little <laughs> even when they're really little <laughs> even when they're really little especially when they start talking like
1: big people and using big people words and logic and reason it's like okay you're smart you get this you can handle this and it's like nope I'm acting, I'm too, you know, it's like the little rascals when there were two of them in the coat (laughs) trying to walk into the bank and get a loan, you know, like there are times where your kid is showing up to a conversation just like that.
0: That's a really important point, which I could definitely, I'm like thinking now, I'm like, ooh, I should think about that more often. Um, Well, mine is that um, another mom of three boys told me right around the time that I I had Teddy, that every day is new. That has given me so much, like, (laughs) grace to get through days. Like, each day is a new day. The kids are kind of new. They're a day older, right? I'm a day wiser in parenting. But this idea that I can apologize for my mistakes, that we can always move forward, that no matter what happened yesterday, good or bad, we're kind of starting fresh. Not that we're not still dealing with that baggage but that no situation is ever like resolved Mm -hmm. and done just because it happened Mm -hmm. and i feel like so often you're parenting and then you feel like oh i just i handled that wrong and so this idea to just remind myself like well every day is new and that can mean every situation doesn't necessarily mean i have to wait 24 hours but just to say okay i can make this better and that's perfectly okay it's okay that i messed up it's okay to acknowledge that i messed up um and to extend that grace to my kids like just cuz we ended the day kind of badly even if we ended with hugs and kisses that the next morning I can get up and and we can start afresh so i i've just found that with kind of the chaos that has come With children and and especially when we were all like in the house together all the time and there was nowhere to go having this idea that like tomorrow is a new day or we can always revisit this, refresh. We're allowed to kind of be reinventing ourselves and figuring it all out every day because there's a lot of times we we know we should handle things better and we just don't because we're human and that is okay.
2: That's great. Yeah. I love that. Takes a lot of the pressure off.
0: Yeah, I think that's like as parents, we Mm -hmm. feel so much pressure. To, to do everything right or that, like, this one moment is right. defining. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it is, but I think if it was defining in a way that you didn't want it to be, then an apology mm-hmm. or a, you know, revisiting and correcting is 100%. even more powerful. Because isn't that what we want to teach our yep. kids, mm-hmm. too?
2: We are fallible.
0: We are fallible. Exactly. Does anyone else have, have something else they were dying to share?
1: I have one more. Yeah. Apologize to mm. your children that should be normal. Um, and I think my parents apologized to me growing up. Like, I don't think this is something that like, is so radical and different than what I knew. But I just am very intentional about like, when I've made a mistake, if I've overreacted, you know, that I let Naima know that I'm sorry, you know, and, and and that I regret it, and that I'll attempt to do better, you know, that I'm a human being who's flawed and makes mistakes. And that you know, I have a responsibility to her to, you know, try and do things correctly the first time. And when I don't, I have to own that, you know, I can't just say, Oh, well, go to your room or, you know, like this, this mistake doesn't count because mom made it, you know, that I too have to be held accountable by the universe when I make
0: mistakes.
2: Fantastic. So true. So big.
0: It feels like we're going through a generation that doesn't like to apologize. Like it it is double Mm -hmm. down on things or, you know, that it's a weakness to apologize. So so I agree. Just because you're the adult doesn't mean that you're not making mistakes all the time that are worthy. Like your child is worthy of the apology in the same way that, you know you're worthy of apologies from other adults and people in in your sphere such a good i think that's great advice and we ask our kids to apologize to us a lot Mm -hmm. you know like most of us
1: when they've done something (laughs) wrong you know we ask like and apologize you know what did you do do you understand it and say you're sorry you know so i think that's something they should see modeled
2: to 100 percent.
0: yeah i mean the modeling is so much more powerful right I have a quick one that I think I talk about all the time on this podcast, which is um, ask and accept mm. help. Like you're not supposed to be parenting alone. You're We're supposed to be living in community. And so whatever that looks like, I think asking for help some people think is a real weakness or shows that you can't do it. And I just think that, You should be asking for help when you need it. Other people want to be asked for help. And there's nothing that grows a relationship with a friend or your partner or your mother-in-law more than asking them when you really need help and letting them give you the help. So,
2: Amen. Yeah, it's related to the apology thing. It's like you think that you can't be vulnerable, but being vulnerable is like such a powerful thing. Apologizing and asking for help are two prime examples of that.
0: So in summation, the best advice we've all received has to do with our communication Mm -hmm. skills. Mm Mm-hmm. We, But being better communicators could fix it all. Oh, well, I hope that you are able to take some of these nuggets um, to make the end of 2021 even better and the beginning of 2022. And we'd love to hear what uh, parenting advice you've received that you've loved. So you can, of course, share that on the Slate Parenting Facebook group. We wanted to close out this episode with a special holiday gift just for you. Instead of recommendations from us, this week you'll be hearing from the little ones in our lives.
6: Hi, my name is Naima. I'm Jamila's daughter. And this week I'm recommending the TV sitcom Rock. It's about a garbage man who brings things to his house he finds on the street. And his wife and his brother Joey... And his dad and his son, his newborn, and his friend's daughter, Sheila, that he's taking care of. It's a very fun TV sitcom that I was watching with my grandma when she recommended it for me to watch. And I watched it with her, and now we're all the way on season three, the last season. It's a very funny show, and you can go watch it on Pluto. Bye. I'm Henry Newkamp, and I'm nine years old. I'm recommending the um, Knox Provision Zoom Tube. It's an easy, lightweight telescope. It's not like a telescope; you can hold it in your hand. It's a monocular. Monocular is binocular, but with only one eye. That's why it's called a monocular and this is easy to carry around. Recently, my mom and me used this when we went on a trip. We went to the Galapagos, and this was very helpful looking at all the cool animals. This is good for spotting nature, and when you go hiking, you'll probably want to have this because it's adjustable, and it's adjustable for different eyes. You can also use it on your phone you can put it in front of your phone and it looks photocopied. It looks like a photocopied picture. So yeah, this is my recommendation.
3: I'm Teddy, and I'm five. I'm recommending story time chess. Story time chess is a kind of chess what has a story with it. The story helps you know how that each each piece is move. Like kinks. They only made one. What I like about it is it's my favorite boy game. I love playing chess. I play chess with Dad and Grandpa. I usually win because I I just play chess all the time and it's a good sport for you. Try storytime chess if you want your kids to learn. Happy holidays, period.
6: I'm Oliver Newcamp and I'm seven. I'm recommending Hoopla. We get Hoopla for our public library. Hoopla is an app that you can borrow audiobooks that are books and videos. You can borrow and listen. You don't need to do anything, you just need to buy Hoopla and say what kind of book you want and then hit borrow and then hit play. I like to listen to audiobooks while I knit and play Legos. My favorite book is the BFG. You should try it out. Happy holidays!
3: My name is Noel Rosen, and I'm four years old.
2: And what's your recommendation for all the listeners?
3: The your grape with your mouth. Because peeling grapes makes it so juicy and yummy, and then it gives you a nice flavor.
2: It's great flavor. Because
3: grapes and vegetables, they grow from gardens, and they're very few when they get picked. Mm-hmm. Daddy, want to try? Mm-hmm. hmm Try.
2: So what should I do first?
3: So you should, like, peel. You're
2: kind of biting gently into the skin with your lower teeth? Yeah. Trying to break the skin slightly, so it,
3: yeah.
2: so you can start to peel it with your teeth.
3: Yeah. Mm. You're doing it.
2: Hmm. And then once you take it off, it's so much juicier.
3: Told ya. That's what friends are for. Oh,
2: I love that. That is a juicy grape.
3: Like feels like you're. In, feels like mom. Non- mom giving you a hug.
2: Do you eat the peel?
3: Yeah. Show mommy that I can do that.
2: I will. What do you think makes this a fun activity, or an activity worth doing?
3: Or maybe this can be my job, peeling the grape.
2: You want to be a professional grape peeler?
3: Maybe that can be my job.
2: That would be cool.
0: Go, please subscribe to the show. And if you have a question for us, email us at momandad at slate.com or post to the slate parenting Facebook group. Just search for Slate Parenting. This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson for Jamila Lemieux and Zach Rosen. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. Thanks for listening.
3: Step into the world of power, loyalty.